Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I trust you all had a good Merry Christmas and are looking forward to the new year starting soon. I know I am. I wanted to announce a few things before we get started with the short topic for today. Uh, one is, and I was asked actually to remind everyone of this, is if you go to worldviewconversation.com, I'll put the link in the info section, and you go to the speaking tab, you can see the places I'm going to be. And we're going to be talking about uh, social justice, and I'm going to be answering questions, and uh, there may be some special topics peppered in depending on the location, but uh, there are places I'm going to be in the coming uh, year and also in the coming month. And there's a number of places actually that I'm still uh, talking to event coordinators and we're, we're figuring out dates, probably about twice as many as you see represented here. So that will all fill in. But the next date uh, that I'm going to be on the road, and if you are in the area, you have an opportunity to come out and meet me, and I would love to meet you, is January 29th in Shelbyville, Kentucky. So that's not far from Louisville, Kentucky, Shelbyville, Kentucky. And that's for War Room, which is going to be hosted at the Reformation Church of Shelbyville. The, the uh, sign-up link is right there. And as I understand it, there is a discount. So uh, if you come out, you're going to get a free copy of, well, you're, you're paying to, to go. You're paying for food. You're paying for a copy of my book. You're paying to hear and uh, have the opportunity to ask questions during the sessions. But uh, and meet people, by the way, meet meet fellow like-minded people. But uh, this is for men, as I understand it. It's a men's uh, conference, and its uh, link for signing up is right there on the website. So if you go to speaking engagements, I'll put the link in the info section. Uh, you can click that link or or copy and paste it. Five Solas Press forward slash warroom five. So if you can't remember that, it's probably best just to go to the speaking engagements tab, and it's right there. You can sign up, and I would love to meet you. As I understand it, we're doing three sessions, and uh, one of them is going to be a Q&A, and there's going to be some steak uh, that uh, is is for everyone to enjoy, as I think we're probably doing one of the sessions. I'm not sure if we're doing a session while we're eating, but there will be a chance, I know, to fellowship, and I'd love to um, sign a copy of the book if you want me to do that, or ask any or answer any questions you have or just get to know you and uh, the night before as I understand it now th this isn't part of the January 29th but there is a a, uh, a, a kind of a pre-conference uh, thing or a pre kind of a Bible study thing and, and so we're still figuring that out what I'm going to do for that if I'm going to do anything but uh, if you want to come out that Friday, you can come out, but Saturday is the actual event in Shelbyville, Kentucky, January 29th. So I wanted to let you know about that. And of course, uh, I'm going to actually be in Kentucky the next day in Canneville. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Kentucky. And there's a, uh, a email address that you can email if you want to RSVP. And I haven't added it yet, but uh, there may be a third Kentucky event on the very next day. So uh, it's not on the website yet. I'll keep you apprised, though, as we get closer. Also, I wanted to let you know, if you go to books, uh, you can get copies of uh, the books that I've written on social justice, Christianity and Social Justice, Religions and Conflict, and Social Justice Goes to Church. These are both signed copies. And if you order both of them from now until the new year, so this, this will end, uh, I guess, midnight on, on New Year's Day, January 1st, uh, you will get a free copy. I'm just going to throw it in there. If you order these two, you get a free copy of Social Justice Pharisees. Now, some have asked if uh, if they've previously ordered one of my books and they order another one of my books, can they still get Social Justice Pharisees? And the answer to that question is yes. You just got to let me know. 
So uh, if you email me, probably the best email, jonathanharris1989 at gmail.com, just let me know. Hey, I already ordered one of your books. I'm ordering a second. This is my name. And can you throw in Social Justice Pharisees by A.D. Robles? And the answer is yes, of course I will. So those are the announcements. Uh, I feel like there was one more thing, but I, I can't remember what it was now. So <laughs> we're going to move forward. And if I remember it, I'll bring it up later. I want to talk about Cracker Barrel, Cracker Barrel Restaurant, because Cracker Barrel is a restaurant I really love. And I have good memories there. In fact, there was a recent dust up on the issue of whether Cracker Barrel was conservative or not. And this was uh, sparked by an interview that Phil Vischer did with Karen Swallow Pryor. Karen Swallow Pryor is kind of a known social justice activist in evangelicalism. Phil Vischer has become that. I don't know that he was that way, or at least he was hiding it if he was until recently. But now he's decided to join that train. And uh, he and Karen Swallow Pryor had a conversation in which Karen's, they, they started joking about Cracker Barrel and uh, and and it, it was taken by some conservatives as somewhat offensive, and there was this whole um, issue over it, Im Im implying some things about Cracker Barrel that uh, people took offense to who were more conservative, uh, and it, kind of the insinuation they didn't really want to try new things, that they wanted to stick with uh, tradition and old styles, and uh, it was kind of a, almost a boring kind of... Um, sense I guess you got from their conversation and that it's about the comfort of home and they're afraid they're just afraid of trying new things and going out into the world so it was compared to Whole Foods which you can get different kinds of cheeses Phil Vischer said and so this, this sparked a controversy and the controversy made its way to an article at the Freedom Center at Liberty University where they put out uh, a rebuttal if you were if you will to that document or that that doc it wasn't documentary that conversation between Vischer and Pryor and William Wolf was the author author of that and then Freedom Center decided they needed to edit it they needed to edit Karen Swallow Pryor out of the article because Karen Swallow Pryor took shots at Freedom Center and it was this whole big thing and I did a whole podcast on it and showed how absurd it was to um to to think the way that Karen Swallow Pryor was thinking about this from the beginning and and Phil Vischer, really, and and then to to just kind of cave to it in a way, or to try to satisfy the left in evangelicalism, it just didn't make sense to me. Well, now this is very interesting. Someone pointed this out to me. Cracker Barrel is getting on the same train that most of the other corporations today are on, and so this whole insinuation and stereotype that of Cracker Barrel that it's for a bunch of conservatives, it's for people who don't want to try new things. Uh, in fact, I saw online there was all these insinuations that it was racist. Uh, there have been in the past controversies uh, about Cracker Barrel and implying that it's uh, against LGBT people, it's uh, racist. Uh, in fact, I remember one comes prominently in my mind uh, where Cracker Barrel started to, uh, some of these, I'm not sure if it was pressure from some of these instances that I'm describing or uh, or what it was um, exactly, but the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, at least, was when Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty made a comment about homosexuality, and Cracker Barrel decided that in reaction to that, they were going to drop the Duck Dynasty line and Phil Robertson's products that he would have been involved in from their country store, and this created, they were right on the edge of a culture war issue, and this created such a backlash from customers that they said, we made a mistake, 
and they reversed course and decided they were going to still sell Phil Robertson stuff and Duck Dynasty stuff. Although the last time I was at Cracker Barrel, I didn't see any of that, but it could be just because Duck Dynasty is not popular as much anymore. Either way, uh, this was uh, something that I'm just saying Cracker Barrel has been on the knife's edge of the culture war for some time and probably trying to figure out <laughs> the, the higher ups in corporate, how do we go left and satisfy our critics and maybe what we even believe at this point, who knows, and also keep our customer base. Cracker Barrel's customer base is primarily or has been primarily those who are on trips and they are taking a quick break from the highway and they just want some sense of some good food and and maybe honestly maybe a sense of familiarity maybe they want to hear some old songs and see some old stuff on the wall and have some nostalgia it, it's kind of a it was a treat i know it's a tradition in a way growing up uh, when we traveled especially as we went down to visit my family in mississippi from new york we would go along the way and it, there would be cracker barrels and that was um it wasn't the pride it was actually a treat it was for my family, we didn't have a lot of money, so Cracker Barrel was a little outside, believe it or not, even though it is inexpensive. It was outside of my parents' budget most of the time, but there were those occasions we did stop, maybe once uh, or every two trips or so. We, we would stop at one, and it was always a special time. And that, um, it, it, and we would only get it when we traveled. It would, it would only be off the highway, so it was for families, uh, it was for traveling, uh, I understand this year they're starting to sell alcohol and they want to change their business model and they want to get out from under, I guess, what they're known for, which that's sad to me in a, in a way because that demand's still going to be there. So if it's not going to be Cracker Barrel, who's going to fill that demand? I don't know. But uh, this is this is the latest, though. This is what, and I don't know how long this page has been here. This is crackerbarrel.com forward slash diversity dash and dash inclusion diversity inclusion at, at Cracker Barrel. And I want to read for uh, some of this to you. Um, we have a responsibility to live up to our mission of pleasing people each day, ensuring that every member of our team and every guest feels at home, feels cared for like family, and feels like they belong. I want to stop before we continue and just look at that word for a moment, family. This is the essence of Cracker Barrel. Uh, in fact, I'm going to scroll up in, in the uh, over this. It says, everyone feels at home. That's the title and, or the subtitle. Everyone feels at home. Home and family. Look at those words and think about this. What, what constitutes a home? Uh, what is a family, right? The, these are the things that are uh, the, the definitions that are being, that, that a tug of war is happening over right now. And a family, of course, from a traditional and a biblical and really just a natural understanding requires uh, two people uh, and implies at least the, uh, in, 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 um, uh, in principle, the opportunity or the possibility of offspring. All right. This is what we've always thought of as a family. So with that in mind, let's keep going. Also guiding our way is the sense of belonging we strive to deliver as part of our people promise. Our team works hard to create a culture of hospitality that's welcoming, respectful, and inclusive to everyone who walks through our doors. I want to stop there again. Uh, I think for the most part that's true, but even these words have limitations to them. Is Cracker Barrel inclusive to everybody? How about people who speak other languages? 
this Cracker Barrel catering to them? Well, it's an American restaurant. It's, it's catering to a certain demographic of people. And it's a people that have nostalgia for some of the Americana things that are within Cracker Barrel. So it's not going to feel, uh, people aren't going to feel as deeply about it depending on their background. If, so, if someone's coming from uh, another country and they don't have any, they, they've never heard bluegrass or country music, they've never seen some of the farm equipment perhaps, or from an urban area, they, they're not going to feel the same way as someone who might uh, have memories of grandpa's farm. And they grew up in the Midwest. And, and so I just want to point out that that's not necessarily something that would be we, we, it's not mean, it's not wrong, it's not really even exclusive, but I mean, you could view it that way. You, it is catering to a certain demographic, and that means that it's not, not going to cater as much to other demographics, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, and, and that's what I, I'm, I'm concerned. You open this, inclusi this inclusivity door, what ends up happening is you dilute everything that attracted people there in the first place. And I have a suspicion Cracker Barrel is just starting to start to, to open that door. Maybe they've been doing it for longer than I've realized, but they're starting to do it. It says our food and decor celebrate warm memories of the past and our inclusive culture and beliefs help us make way for an even brighter future together. Discrimination, either overt or through unconscious bias, has no place at Cracker Barrel Country Store. So let me ask you this. Would Cracker Barrel, let's say, discriminate against a poster of uh, Snoop Dogg? or, I don't know, some other uh, rapper that, uh, would, would they post a picture of them or poster of them in their country store very prominently over the fireplace? Uh, would they post, um, I don't know, some of the things that you might see in nightclubs that wouldn't be great for families to see? No. And why is that? Is it because they're discriminating? Uh, well, they are building walls around something. I mean, they, they, you could say discrimination, I guess. You could say, if you wanted to make the case, that they're, they're, they only want a certain kind of decor. So even their decor, the thing that they're using to say how inclusive they are, is, is actually, um, th there's a definition to it. It's Americana. It, it's not going to uh, be so open that any eclectic item can wind up in their store. And this is what people have to realize. It's a niche. And everything is, to some extent. You're never, you always, walls are going to exist. That's inescapable. So uh, let's keep going here. I haven't even gotten to the meat of this, but I just really want to uh, make sure that people are thinking through. I want to show you kind of how I approach these articles. So when you're looking at them, you're thinking through the uh, assumptions behind them. Like America itself, we've been on a journey of improvement. Okay, that implies that there's a problem. That implies that they had an issue in the past that they needed to improve from. What was wrong? What, what are they admitting that they did wrong? That's my question. Uh, a journey of improvement and understanding as individuals and as a company. We believe that we uh, harness the uniqueness of our differences, we become better. So this is an implying that at some point, Cracker Barrel did not believe this or believed it to a lesser extent. So there's a conflict in the messaging here. First, it's, hey, we have a people promise, we're inclusive, uh, in fact, uh, our decor shows how inclusive we are. We want to celebrate these warm memories. And then, hey, by the way, we haven't always been inclusive like this because we're on a journey of improvement. So they're not being specific about any of it, but you can already sense the tension here of trying to hold on to their customer base while 
staving off objections for how exclusive they are and attempting to attract a new customer base that's more progressive. This is what churches are doing right now. This is what pretty much every civil, civil organization, civic organization is doing. It doesn't work. You just end up with controversy. You end up with splits. People, the same people aren't going to come if you change it up so much. And this is what we need to realize. It's okay. If you, you want true diversity, true diversity, not what they're talking about. Uh, if you want true diversity, then it's, it should be fine to have a Cracker Barrel with all the things that go with a Cracker Barrel. And you can have, uh, you know, you could you have your Hooters down the street, I guess, and the families don't need to go there. And the people who enjoy Hooters can go to Hooters. And you can have your... Um, you know, your, your nightclubs and your, and I'm not saying I'm for any of these things. I'm just saying that if, if, if the attempt is to create a, an environment of true diversity in a community, then you can have all kinds of different venues that attract different people. And if you try to create a venue that attracts every kind of person, you end up leaving people out. That's just, it, or what you end up, you just water it down to where it's just not interesting anymore. And you leave yourself open to being outcompeted by someone who wants to take the niche that you just left and use it for themselves. So, at Cracker Barrel, let's see, a Cracker Barrel dining room is a place where all peoples of all ages, races, genders, ethnicities, there we go, walks of life, political preferences, and sexual orientations hmm, can come together and feel at home. Now, if you just see pictures on the wall of husbands and wives, how at home will you feel if you're someone who thinks that same-sex marriage and traditional marriage are the same. You won't feel quite as at home, right? So this is going to be the Pandora's box that will push them in a direction that their customer base is not going to want to go. If they truly want to do this, if they want to go down this road and make it inclusive to, for everyone to be comfortable, social justice warriors are only comfortable when they are in an environment that completely backs and supports all their political preferences it, and, and overtly so so they're not going to feel comfortable that that's the standard that they've pretty much made that's the ultimatum that they've delivered cracker barrel ain't going to be able to meet that and keep the customers they've traditionally had okay we're going to stop here and i'm going to just we'll get to the meat here okay we're going to let's leave that behind our diversity and inclusion strategy so they have a strategy now to make Cracker Barrel more diverse and inclusive. And again, this is implying that there's a problem. It wasn't diverse or inclusive before. I guess just serving food and saying this is our, this is who we are. We love who we are. We're, we're hometown, southern slash midwestern uh, cuisine. And we got all kinds of things from the olden days, nostalgic things. We have a lot of country music. That, uh, that, there's a problem with that apparently not good enough. And so um, now we got to educate, advocate, and communicate to create an inclusive, engaging culture and work environment. Uh, attract, select, develop, and retain high-performing talent with diverse backgrounds, experience, and perspectives. And build and nurture diverse partnerships in communities where we live and work and ensure we have diverse representation in our, in our advertising. So I've noticed all the commercials today, right? They have to include uh, some kind of a diversity agenda feature in, in every single one. I, I've, I've seen more ads this year, I think, with non-traditional couples. And by that, I mean not a wife and a husband <laughs> than I've ever seen in my life. Um, in, in fact, it, even, even just um, traditional families, I, I saw one the other day. It was, um, and, I mean, and it's not, I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying there's, there's something behind all of this. 
it was, I think there were four ethnicities, three or four in one family of like four people. <laughs> and I, I just thought, I mean, with adoption and I mean, you, yeah, I mean, that, there's a possibility, but you're, you're only selling, if, if that's what you're trying to attract, like how, what is that, 1% of the population that would be within the demographic that you're trying to target? Obviously, it's not a sales decision, it's a political decision that's being made somehow. And, and, and so it's fake. That's the thing, advertising just feels fake at this point. It's not communicating, and, and I think there's gonna be a breakdown at some point, and we're seeing this with Cracker Barrel, that if you're not keyed into what the customer actually wants, the, who you're actually serving, then you can't make for them the products and services that they actually desire because they're the ones that the, the communication channels between customer and and the uh, those who are in business like businesses and customers that, that needs to be clear when you disrupt that and you put static in that and you make the make sure that the signal is uh, jammed and that instead you're communicating with globalist elites or something then the customer's not actually served and I, I happen to be a Cracker Barrel customer. I, I've enjoyed it, not just from when my family went across the country, but even in, in more recent years, that's been a great place I like to meet up. And I have to think to myself, do I really want to go there anymore? And more and more, I've been thinking, I just really want to go to the local uh, non-franchise places, the local delis. I mean, now up here in New York, now they, there's delis down there, maybe barbecue joints, something that I know I'm keeping the money in the local area with local people that aren't going to have the mandates and they're not going to uh, be just pawns for the government. I want to, to give my money to people I know and, and that's probably better even for witnessing encounters. I, I've just been coming to this conclusion. I, I used to be quite way more apt to go to corporate uh, places and I still look, I love Texas Roadhouse. I still do go to those places. The prices are, are really good sometimes and, and a lot of these places they did start as mom and pop places. But the bigger they get, and I've said this about the church, it's the same dynamic. The bigger a pastor gets and a church gets, the more political pressure and the more they cave to it and cater to it. And that's what we see with Cracker Barrel. Strategies turned, uh, strategy turns to action. We are committed to our journey and of improvement and understanding. We realize intent alone is not enough. We are committed to making progress through action. So this is, this is groveling here. <laughs> we can't just say that we're committed to diversity. We gotta do something. What we're doing, now here's the meat guys. We're increasing our focus on leadership development and mentorship programs to better identify, recruit, and advance strong racially and ethnically diverse talents. Uh, professional development initiatives emphasize an empathy and a superior listening skills that are so crucial for today's leaders. Listening to who? The customer? No, not the customer. Those, those, that communication is broken down. Listening to the diversity agenda. It's not even listening to uh, those who have greater pigmentation in their skin or those who live a homosexual lifestyle. It's not even that. It's the uh, political agenda, agendas that use people from those social occasions. We have developed, it says, a new leadership program that brings a group of diverse emerging leaders together on a regular basis to grow their skills, use their insights to advance the business. Our new robust diversity training express, expressly includes education throughout all levels of the company about unconscious and implicit bias as well as a focus on creating an inclusive culture. Hmm. We are, so, I mean, the standpoint theories all throughout this, this is postmodernism. We are continuing our support of African-American organizations and we partner with 
national and local chapters of NAACP, Urban League, because uh, we believe Cracker Barrel should actively and genuinely engage with diverse communities in which we serve. Now, here's the thing. I was thinking about this. Now, it's possible Cracker Barrel is in some uh, areas where you would have, uh, I mean, it says Urban League, right? So urban areas. I mean, it's possible, right? You go through a city and I guess it would be right by the highway, but they're not catering to the people that are local as much as they are to people passing through, at least originally. That's the thought I had about Cracker Barrel. And you don't associate them with urban stuff. So what's this about? They're, you know, what about Farm Aid or, I don't know, some kind of uh, initiative to help Appalachia, uh, which is where their food and their cuisine would, and the, the people that eat that kind of stuff would live in those regions. It's not that, though. It's It's urban. You know, you just got to ask yourself, why? Why is that? And key ingredient, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong, by the way, to focus on urban. I'm just saying it's not It's not where they live. It's not, um, it, it would seem that greater proximity would be the rural areas that are in need of poverty alleviation, of which there are many. And also many places, Cracker Barrels are located right off the highway, right in those towns, those small towns would be areas that suffer from poverty. Uh, let's see here. I, I, we just skip through some of this. Um, this is interesting. Cracker Barrel scored 80 on the Human Rights Campaign Foundation's Corporate Equality Index. And that is a benchmarking tool. And that's on gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer employees and the uh, and workplace inclusion. So they're saying, hey, we, we're good on that. Cracker Barrel was named the number one restaurant company in America where guests felt the most respected. Hmm. And what we've done, we took a stand against racial injustice. Let's see here. Uh, Cracker Barrel has zero tolerance for discrimination and harassment. And uh, it, it quickly condemned and turned away an anti-LGBTQ pastor. I remember that. When he announced plans in 2019 for his church group to meet at a Knoxville area Cracker Barrel. They booted the church. They kicked the church out because uh, they he, he was anti-LGBTQ. Uh, and I believe that was a black pastor, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, maybe their ethnic diversity is in conflict with their LGBTQ diversity agenda there. 2019, the company was one of 15 recipients of Secretary of Defense Employer Support Freedom Award. Uh, we are proud to have our Cracker Barrel LGBT Alliance. Interesting. Cracker Barrel was honored by Nashville LGBT Chamber of Congress. I, the rest of it is so, so focused on LGBT. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to skip through some of this. There's, it just goes on and on uh, of all the things that they're doing. Uh, they, they worked on the Hinkle Rocker Company of Springfield, Tennessee to develop a limited edition Rainbow Pride Rocker beginning in 2018. Interesting. And they've donated them to LGBT organizations. Cracker Barrel Rocker. That's, that's great. That's great right there. Um, in 2016, they had an internal diversity council. You know, I never knew they had this. And included diverse leaders throughout the organization. Continue to listen and leverage the Diversity Council. Yeah, okay. In 2004, they created a hotline for anyone to voice a complaint if they believe they were a target of harassment and discrimination. And and then here's the real kicker for me. This is when I saw this. Proud representation, employee resource groups. So these are organizations that Cracker Barrel is funding, pretty much. Okay? Um, as far as I'm... Yeah, well... Let's see here. Okay, so these are uh, employee resource groups. So these are groups Cracker Barrel funds with within Cracker Barrel, okay? 
uh, Women's Connect, United Cultural Awareness Network, that's African American, Hispanic, and Latino, LGBT Alliance, Military Volunteers, uh, Be Well, uh, I guess that's physical, emotional, financial, intellectual well-being, and millennial uh, ERG, growing millennial talent. Okay, so age, military status, all kinds of, they have support for employees who work there, but they also have it for LGBT and if you're a woman, if you're a minority. Here's, here's the one that I was thinking of before. This is the real kicker for me. Partnership drive change. All the list of companies Cracker Barrel has funded. In other words, you're going to Cracker Barrel, you're buying your chicken fried steak and biscuits, and some of that money is going here. You ready? <laughs> national local chapters of the Urban League, national local chapters of the NAACP, National Hispanic Corporate Council, Tennessee Latino Chamber of Congress, Commerce, uh, Conexion Americas, Nashville Black Chamber of Commerce, here, and, and here's where it gets good, <laughs> Nashville LGBT Chamber of Commerce, Out and Equal Workplace Advocates, Nashville Pride, Tennessee Equality Project, Human Rights Campaign, and that's blatantly pro-abortion, by the way. Culture Shift Team, Southern Christian Leadership Conference, Women's Food Forum, Women's Business Enterprise, National Council, Minority Food and Hospitality Association, and National Battle of the Bands, which does not belong, Battle of the Bands. So these are uh, the, the organizations Cracker Barrel funds. When you buy, you go to Cracker Barrel and you get your pancakes, some of that's going to these places. Blatantly advocating for abortion, trans sports, all, all of the things that you vote against as conservatives, uh, they are in the business of funding. And most corporations have gone down this path. I just didn't realize Cracker Barrel had and to what extent. And so I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I get to do that a lot, don't I? And, and a part of it is not many people want to be the bearer of bad news, I think, especially in evangelicalism, right? Our Christianity is so uh, especially pop Christianity is so focused on positivity. They just, I, I hate doing this, but you got to know this is the truth of the situation. This is Cracker Barrel. And so I, I'm not even sure what to say. I mean, you could write a letter, but like how ingrained are they? <laughs> They're, they've doubled down. They've, they've been doing this for so long. I don't know if there's much you can do at this point. Now, is it a sin to go to Cracker No, no, it's not saying this. It's a sin to go to Cracker Barrel. In fact, I have a uh, I think a $25 Cracker Barrel gift card in my wallet right now, and I do plan on using it because where else I'm, I mean, I'm going to use it. I'm not just going to let them have that 25 bucks. And the people, individuals who work at the local Cracker Barrel, I don't think they know much about probably a lot of this. But when, when I know that my baked beans that I bought <laughs> that I want to eat, uh, actually, I don't know if they have baked beans there. The, uh, the hash, uh, hash brown casserole, how about? Uh, the hash brown casserole that I want to eat some of that is going towards things that God hates. I just, in my own conscience, I can't justify it. Uh, it's it's gonna it's it's rough for me. And I realize if yay, there's nowhere else to stop. I got to eat something, right? That's on them. They're the ones doing that. I'm not doing that. But I don't want to help them. And I would just encourage you find the local spot, find the deli, find the uh, the place that serves some breakfast food. That's a hole in the wall. That's local if you can, and 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 doesn't buy into this stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're all so sick of it. And, and the only way it's going to stop is if we, we got to withhold our money. And maybe it, it does mean writing a letter and saying, I'm not going to be coming anymore. I loved your food. I'm not coming though. If Christians on Sunday, right, this is one of the places Christians love to rush to on Sunday. If they just stopped eating there on Sunday after church, I think you'd see a world of difference. 
Or maybe they'd keep going down this path even harder because that's they got to cater now to their new demographic. But you'd see other stores or other venues, uh, restaurants rising up and kind of taking the mantle for the people who want the traditional stuff. So, well, that's all I got for you today as far some bad news, right? Oh, I had some stuff up here from the different organizations. Out and Equal, um, National Urban League. Here they have a lecture on critical race theory planned. Or they maybe they already did that, yeah. They, they just had a lecture on critical race theory. Human rights campaign. I mean, on the front, you just go to the front of their website and you see it's two women sharing a smooch. That's, that's great. Culture shift team. I mean, this is, this, it's all sick. It is all sick. And it's these little community organizations, I got to say, that are really driving the change more than anything else. We saw that in the election. Where was the election won? I shouldn't say won. Where was the election um I'm on YouTube now. How can I say this? Where, where, where were things? Uh, where were things changed and altered and distorted on the local level or the national level? It was the local level, especially in some big cities, some key cities. And it's the community organizers. Remember, that's what Barack Obama was—a community organizer. They're the ones that are changing things on the local level in your town, in your city, where you live. Those are the places that to keep an eye on and they're getting their money and they, they've been doing this for years the al sharpton tactic by bullying we're gonna withdraw sponsorships uh from your talk radio where we're going to uh, i mean look i have the pressure even as small as i am i have pressure from uh from the corporations that i'm uh, you're probably watching this on youtube or listening to it on itunes i mean there's some of these corporations that have gone down this road and they are trying to actively take away the voice of people like me. And I have been shadow banned. There have been things that have happened. Uh, in fact, Last Stand Studios, uh, man, you can't even share their links on Facebook from YouTube directly without a shadow ban of some kind. I, I, I understand the boa constrictor is getting tighter, but it's these local, these local organizations that are doing most of the work. And there's tons of them out there, tons of these community organizations. And they, they, they don't, contribute really anything it's not like they're providing a service to people in the community most of the time the vast majority of the time that's not what they're doing it's all political activism it's all trying to change the structure of the government and uh to to honor certain demographics and not others it's all it's all political agenda it's not uh providing something tangible for their local communities uh and and so it's it's kind of it's in my mind it's kind of a leech on these communities uh, when you have these organizations all about human rights in the abstract, not the humans that live right there in flesh and blood that need help. And you have and, and then they'll bully something like a Cracker Barrel and say we'll go after you, we'll um, we'll attack you, we'll hurt your business. I mean all these threats that, that honestly people just need to stand up and say, all right, do your worst, you know whatever. Uh, but they they're afraid to do that. And so the bullies win, and that that's across the board. I see this in conservative evangelicalism. I see this conservative. I'm I'm talking about people who are against critical race theories. So they say the, the same tactics work even there. There's such a fear. My wife and I were uh, watching the um, it, it's it's heavy stuff. So I'm not recommending it to everyone. By the way, uh, it's very heavy. But it, the the Waco series about the Branch Davidians. And um, just a 
that that whole situation is just so sad to me. David Koresh, is, it's a cult, but the, the what happened to them, what the government did to them, uh, it, it's it, and it's knowing it's ten times worse now is crazy. But what there was a there was a character in the um, in that miniseries, a uh, in, uh, I don't know what his official title would be. He 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 worked for the FBI, but he was his whole job was to try to talk people out of doing things, suicides, violence, uh, talk them off the ledge. So he was a negotiator of some kind. And um, one of the things he said, it really struck home to me. He talked about how what you're afraid of, if people know what you're afraid of, they can control you. And that is so true. If someone knows what you're truly afraid of, they'll use that as a wedge. And I've seen that even in my own life. People want to make me afraid. They want to inspire fear. John, you're going to lose everything if you do this. John, you're going to, you know, we won't support this. John, we won't stand with you if you go down this road. John, you know, I I, I don't talk about this, but I hear this stuff too. And I, I, fear far, I hear far more from people supporting what I'm doing on this podcast. But there, there have been some people that, frankly, with some power, who have tried to instill fear in me to control my content. And... I don't, uh, I, I'm not going to bend to that. I want to be wise, right? I want to use wisdom, but I, I don't sacrifice my family, my principles, my commitment uh, to, to my, um, uh, my local area, my, the, the, my church, the things that I'm responsible for, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to sacrifice. And, and that's something I've had to learn kind of the hard way. Uh, and most of the time, now not all the time, but most of the time, it's just a bluff. It's just because they're afraid. They're trying to get you to be as afraid. Most of the time, it doesn't work that way. You can survive the cancel cancel culture mob. It just means that you cater to a a demographic that's going to appreciate what you have to say. Cracker Barrel needs to learn this lesson. You you they already have a conservative demographic. It's not just conservatives, but they they have a demographic that wants the traditional food and the traditional music and and the nostalgia. Uh, why start catering to people that normally aren't in that demographic or if they or if they're coming to cracker barrel they're just they're just such a small part of cracker barrel's customer base uh, what are they there for if they're they're there to change cracker barrel to make it something different they can go down the road there's tons of restaurants why, why do they have to go to cracker barrel it's, it's a mistake and, and it's made out of fear I, I I think it's made because they're they're afraid we'll get attacked we don't want to be attacked and that's a driving force. And so um, this is a lesson. Uh, I, I, my prediction is Cracker Barrel keeps going down this road and it's going to be less and less Cracker Barrel-y. <laughs> and what you liked about Cracker Barrel is going to be less and less of it there. And it, it'll happen subtly. It'll happen over time. But you'll start to notice there will be changes. And uh, so we, we have to stand up to that. And I think thinking local, acting local is the way to do it. Uh, and that, that's also, by the way, the way to stand against the tyranny from the government. You have a lot more control over a local business than you do with, with like mask regulations and that kind of stuff than you do over these national corporations, which just they, they just parrot whatever the government says. So uh, don't forget, uh, go to worldviewconversation.com. Link is in the info section uh, forward slash speaking, and you can find out where I'm going to be. Sign up if you're in the Shelbyville, Kentucky area for Reformation War Room. Would love to see you there. And don't forget uh, books. If you get Christianity and Social Justice and Social Justice Goes to Church, you will get a free copy of Social Justice Pharisees. I hope that was helpful to you. God bless.
of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.